your authentic resource for everything Mexican. Blondes in Mexico with Danielle Keel. Blondes in Mexico. Welcome back to Blonde in Mexico and happy Memorial Day. Uh, we are recording today on Zoom with my friend, super creative, super well-traveled interior designer, Eric Lan. He's based in Guadalajara. And what's cool about him is that he makes his mission uh, to work with local Mexican artisans and vendors. And then he infuses it into his like, larger than life, super vibrant interior design that's very modern and it makes makes for like very exciting environments um, and to be in the environments, to see the pictures and it's so cool. So I'm super excited that we're going to chat today. How are you, Eric? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Danielle. That was such a nice introductory. I mean, I was like, awesome. All true. All true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you could be here with me. Thank you. So, anytime. How are you doing with the pandemic? How are you doing working and being at home? To be honest, it's giving me this kind of time to rethink and to readjust my way of being creative, my way of being productive, because before I was anesthetized with so many tasks that I needed to cover, like projects that I needed to deliver. But now it's like trying to see, you know, how do I want to channel my energy? Like rethinking my purpose of me as an interior designer. What, what, am, I, what am I providing? And, and trying to find the tool because I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as a positive thing that gets me, like, like that told me like, you're grounded in a way and now you have to do your homework and now you have to rethink how to design and how to like uh, create different things and it's helping me to develop another skills that I wasn't that I was putting aside you know like uh, that I was just not even paying attention because I wanted to do so many projects and I wanted to like cover as many as I as I was possibly can, but now it's like, okay, Eric, you know, enjoy, enjoy mm -hmm. the process of designing, enjoy, enjoy the, uh, like meeting the client and like learning new things. I mean, it, it's okay to like slow down a little bit in the process of designing, but it is also healing. Mm -hmm. Like just being aside from people, like, cause I, I have, a, I also have a, you know, I have like two employees that work with me, but mm -hmm. now they're they're working at, from home and it's been so much easier. Like, I don't know. It's really? been so much easier like before and more productive, like for some Good. reason, like, yeah. So I don't know. I don't see it as a negative thing. I, I see it as a, as a way of, of just readjusting and having a little bit more time and, and see like, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to do residential? Do you want to do commercial? What is exactly what everyone Yeah, you actually have the time to think about it instead of just reacting constantly. Ex that's the word. I was just reacting because I came to you, I came to Mexico and it was like, where are my clients? Uh, what is my platform? Where should I publish my stuff? And it was so much 
stress and just or being you were overwhelmed. And just I think everyone, I, I think a lot of people are taking this time to kind of reevaluate and maybe it can let us have more joy in those tasks instead of overloading yes. ourselves because we are able to do that right now. And it is, it's smart. So if we're not going to enjoy it, then why are we even doing it, right? Yeah. I was in a situation where I had the opportunity to choose whether I want to be sad or I want to be happy because there's two emotions that, that are the most dominant. Mm -hmm. And even, even though I have like a lot of like group chats and the majority was like, oh my God, people's dying here. And like, it was, it was so much drama. And I, in, and I took the decision to say like, yes, I have to be informed and what, what things I need to take care of and like how to be, you know, um, how to be prepared for that pandemic. It's not like I was ignoring, but at the same time, okay, this is my time to be productive, to, to pedal the wheel, to, to, for me, what, what is helping me right now is creativity. Creativity is the energy that is helping me to shut up the noise that mm -hmm. is out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you listen it's to that noise all the time, it'll make you nuts. I, I can't even, I'm kind of like, just, just getting the news highlights these days. I can't even read all of it because it just, and plus I'm American, so I'm reading about our president is just golfing and sending tweets and, and the number of people that are, are dying has surpassed anything that he ever thought would happen. And he's not even commenting on it. So it's like, you can feed into that or you can be like, geez, I mean, maybe he's just dealing with it in the way that he, he's fit, but and maybe that's what he's doing. <laughs> but the whole world's waiting for him to say something. You know what I mean? It's just like, right. <laughs> it's so much. I think it's easier for me being in Mexico, being an American, being in Mexico and being a little bit away from that. It's not as scary because it's not as in my face. Does that make sense? Yeah, and to so be, have to make decisions. And also, it's the energy, Danielle. Danielle, when you're surrounded with a lot of fear, mm -hmm. the energy somehow it gets you. Like yeah. it gets you when people we feed off of that. Exactly. Bad. Yeah, we're energy, and and if you're not going to be surrounded with energy, it's going to affect you in a way. It's going to lower your immune system. It's going to make you more insecure. If you're going to be on fear twenty four seven, and to me, it's like okay, yeah, there is fear. There are things that are happening. I'm aware of it, but what do I need to do with that? How can I take advantage of that time? And how can I, how can I take advantage of like, of, of, of everything that is going through and turn it into something positive? Yeah, exactly. Not because I want to be naive about it. It's just because I don't want to be dragged by it. Yeah, like, we have to make the decision to embrace the good parts. And that's it. And also listen to ourselves and say, yeah, okay, today that was enough. <laughs> I'm exactly. going to take a walk or do whatever. And yeah, we should take that philosophy and put it into our entire life. I totally mm -hmm. agree. That's so good yep. in doing that because yeah. you have so much good creative energy and I'm sure the world will be a better place for it, really. It's like to be honest, I've been doing a lot of DIY. I've been like learning how to do gardening, like how to like recycle plastic containers and turn it into a pot. 
like uh, reinventing stuff, reusing, creating my own compost, uh, just making things with my hands. Like I, I wasn't doing that a lot because it was just like everything digital, cut drawings, renderings, but I wasn't even touching, feeling, smelling. And I was like, I felt that I went back to basics, you know, mm -hmm. to where design, to the roots of design, but yes. I love that. I, I like to do things uh, manually when I have the chance to do all my florals for my dinners and do all of that is the part that I get the most joy from and that I never stall out on or need to like, like you can put all of it in front of me and I'm just so ready to jump in always. I'm doing the things manually with my hands. When I have to sit down and do proposals and things like that, sometimes I'm like, because <laughs> you don't connect as much. I love the right. idea part, but then you have to translate it into something that someone else can, can read. And it's very necessary because that also walks you through the logistics of what's happening. Um, but I like the hands-on so, so much. I love it. Yeah. You're connecting. You're connecting with your yeah. inner, inner child because... I remember when I was a little kid, I was doing a lot of things with my hands. I was making my own toys. I was just like exploring, creating, being, uh, you know, like I had superpowers. Then when you're growing up, you start losing that interest because you have so much responsibilities. And it's like, and it was so much fun and joy when you were able to feel that you, there was magic behind your life, like backing you up. How can you do that now? Like, how can you bring that magic? How can you bring that creative spirit and not being contaminated by everything that is around you, like all these yeah. responsibilities that you're getting? So I think for me, it, was, it is being very healing because I'm going to be honest, there was so much fear. I was like, what am I going to do with this fear? I start getting anxiety. I need my dance classes. Where should I go? I can go. And it was just like, I got to a moment I was like, stop. Like, you need to tell to yourself, to your brain, mm -hmm. because it is okay for us to have ne negative thoughts in order to help us to make decisions and to be alive. Mm -hmm. But in this Absolutely. case, it was just too much. It was like, so I shut it down. I shut it down with creativity. Well, that I was the only... That was the answer. So good. That was the answer. I love it. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, obviously creativity is like the theme of the day with you. But um, let's, let's back it up <laughs> and talk okay. about okay, You were born in Mexico. You're Mexican. But you did leave. You went to the U.S. and you went to Japan. You studied and worked and then came back to Mexico. So can you kind of just give me a little, a little background about where you were born and where you were raised and then what kind of happened when you left and then you came back and now you're in Guadalajara. So bring us to the, bring us to the, the present, the present day. Okay, so, so I was born in Mazatlán, Mexico. Um, and um, I decided to, well, I didn't decide it. My parents decided to put me in a Catholic school, and I did my elementary, junior, uh, junior high, 
high and high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I decided to do my, my study there. After I finished, I decided to go to U.S. for one year to study architecture. But I wasn't sure whether I want to study architecture, but that was kind of like my first option. Um, so just to make the story short, I ended up staying in the United States for 14 years. Um, I got a scholarship to finish my degree. I went to an architecture, architecture school called SciArc, Southern California Institute of Architecture. I think it's the best, not the best, like the the school of design, uh, it, it gave me the, the, the tools and the, and the excitement to create my own voice in design, to be a little bit more, not aggressive, but to be more empathic of listening to, to, to have my own yeah, vocabulary and mm-hmm. to, to rethink and to test, to question architecture, design, graphic design, photography, and um, I'll give the credit to Sire to, to, to provide me with those tools. And after I graduate, I worked in an architecture firm for two years, and then I got laid off. And then uh, my brother, back then, he wanted to open a dog product line. And uh, he invited me. I thought it was going to be for like four months. And he just told me like, hey, I think you're, he was questioning, he's like, I think you're good in design, so can you help me to create a style guy, a, a brand style guy for, for this product line? And I said like, yes, I'll give it a try. So I started as a branding manager and then I jumped into creative director. So working with him, it gave me even more tools of how to become a self-sufficient uh, designer, how to how to talk to people, how to communicate, how to how to sell a product, uh, what things needs to be in a package, how to create information in a very small space, and how to create a product from zero, from choosing materials and like picking like the price point and what's what's good, what's not, and I and I was able to mingle with a different type different people from Vietnam, from China, uh, from India, and because uh, we had, back then we had different licenses and every license, there was a license for colors and leashes, there was a license for, for toys, there was a license for dog beds, and I was managing all these different licenses, like providing, this is the image that you gotta use on the packaging, and sometimes I will even design their packaging, I, I will, um, not personally, because how my team is not that I was doing everything by myself. I have to give credit to my team, and uh, but I was managing pretty much everything from zero, even creating a prototype. Just chit chatting with my brother, and you know I want to create this muscle for dogs, and I want it to be friendly. I want it to be funny. What can we do with it? And I was like, okay, you're crazy. And I will go back to my studio and create something and. So that it doesn't take a lot to create. Basically, I was just going to ask you, so that, I mean, jumping from creating buildings and structures to then creating uh, things for dogs, that just 
shows how diverse that you can be and then probably makes you feel comfortable in almost any situation because you know you can make that leap then you can make the leap to somewhere in any part of the world or something new or something old or or transforming one thing to another because those things are just so different right yeah and just, just creating product is also it's it involves architecture it's just smaller scale on a smaller scale because you also need to think like yeah it's just on a smaller scale it's the same principles in architecture but it's just on a smaller scale because you need to think about space how the product's going to fit on the packaging what is the color palette that you that people's going to use how to be, differentiate like large medium and small and uh -huh. like uh even the barcode how it needs how the barcode needs to be like there is some codes behind it the same thing with architecture for like making construction documents there some codes that you need to follow it's the same principle so, so it cool. wasn't that i wasn't like that detached from mm -hmm. from what i was capable to do right mm. and it but, was fun working for dogs it was fun it was fun because they would come as my yes they will come as my clients and they will have like different sizes and I will like measure their neck, whole oh, body, so and they will model their prototypes. Yeah, it was really, really fun to work with them. That's so cute. Something so like how did you branch yeah. how long were you doing that for? And then how did you how did you merge into interior design after that? I think I last doing for eight years eight or nine years oh my gosh um, really yeah oh my god that's why you stayed in the u.s it was, it was a long time because back then he had a he had a tv show so we started with the with the brand name of the tv show and then we jumped at his uh we we put that aside and then we jump into another uh brand with his name only and that's the that's the one that took the longest because uh, it was like, it was more involving and in me like creating prototypes every year, I needed to create at least six to five prototypes in different categories. And it takes like six months just to develop one prototype. Six wow. Months. Is there a lot of testing and things like that involved and just yeah. a lot of people to run it by? Yeah, because people can sue you really easy. Like, oh, my dog ate that toy and it wasn't oh. really uh, strong right. enough. And the fiber that it was inside was toxic. And it was like getting just like variations of different fibers to put inside to stop the toy, the resistance of the material, which it, whether it was may pbc you name it oh my it gosh was, yeah there's actually a lot of proving and testing because we were wow so interesting yeah. so you did that for a really long time yes and then i decided to move to interior design uh it got to i got to a point where i was like okay i'm making money i'm got an apartment i'm I'm loving being in LA. I like the lifestyle, my vegan style, going to CrossFit, you know, like I was having the life. You were, but, you, were you were into the LA healthy lifestyle. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It was it was it was awesome. And um but then there was something like 
I wasn't really happy about it. Like, what's next? What else am I supposed to be doing? What else am I supposed to be designing? And I remember that this, a friend of mine approached me and said like, hey, Eric, you know, I have this, uh, I designed three, uh, three tables and I need someone to help me to style it and like, uh, you know, take good photos and things like that. And do you think you can help me? And then um, I was like, mm, yeah, sure. I'm not a photographer, but I can do the styling. And then I can, you know, credit to a good photographer. And then he was like, yeah, perfect. Let's do it. So I did the first prototype. I mean, the styling of, mm -hmm. the you know, like decorating, like how is the coffee table is going to be integrated into the space. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm, there is something interesting on that. And then I put it aside. And then I put it aside and I was like, yeah, that's fun. But um, I don't know if that's my passion. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a very, like, a person who likes to question all kinds of medicines, like all kinds. Mm -hmm. So, I went to this uh, psychic and, and I was like, because a friend of mine, it, he saw that I was really kind of, not desperate, but I was just like, lost. Searching. Like, We're searching. Yeah, I was searching. And then uh, I got some therapy uh, that is called Quantic, something with Quantic. I forgot the, the healing, but they do healing similar to Reiki, and they do healing with, with your hands, and, like, they, uh, they do a lot of things with the energy. They put minerals in your body, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so when I met her, she's, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, um, you need to meet this person. And I was like, who's saying that? Um, just, just uh, if, you, if you're interested and if you want to know what you're looking for, you just got to meet this person. I was like, first of all, this is the first consultation that I have with you. You don't know me very well. Why are you sending me with someone else? So I was like, okay. So and I went to her. And then this person, apparently, uh, you know, she's like a healer and uh, she practiced medicines. She practiced medicine with the bird feathers. She was taught by the Apaches. Or wow. Chica, the, the Apaches. Indians. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, and from North America. And then I went to her and I went to her house and I got a consultation and, and she goes like, so what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, uh, I guess your friend sent me and I got curious and I, that's what I'm here. And she, and she, then she closed her eyes and she goes like, ah, oh, okay, I know what you're here. So what do you do? And I'm like, I'm an architect. And then she goes, okay, I'm going to ask you again. What did you, what did you do? And I'm like, I'm an architect. And then she asked me for the third time and I was like, well, maybe I should say that designer because I'm not doing buildings right now. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'm a designer. So she asked me again. And I was like, where? So what am I then? And then she goes like, you're an interior designer. And I'm like, I don't have any interior design projects. Like, I don't, I don't have anything like that. And like, I'm an architect. And then she goes like, no, you're an interior designer. So after that, 
the <laughs> next day I was like, yeah, I was like, what is she saying that? Like, I got my degree in architecture and then I'm going to do, but deep inside, when I was in Mexico, I always wanted to be an interior designer, but there, there, there was not such a career there. It was just a hobby and mm-hmm. only for women, not even for men. And it wasn't fully developed yet. Mm-hmm. So I became more interested and I started going to more consultations and uh, it got to a point that she became a coach, my spiritual coach. And uh, we start unveiling different, like, it's like when you go to a coach and you say, you, you want, I want to have apps, right? And you got to do the work mm-hmm. in order to get to that. Right. So she was, she, she was like that. She was giving me assignments every week and every assignment, he was taking me closer to my wow. purpose of what I should be doing. Yeah. So, so when I decided to come to Guadalajara, I was like, like everything just happened like boom. Like I wasn't able to renew my, my work visa. Mm-hmm. I was in a situation like, what am I going to do with myself? You know, I, I'm, yes, I'm happy. I love bro- working for my brother. It's not that I'm going to go to a different, uh, that's the only level. I'm going to keep myself moving. And then there was something burning like I needed to do. And then like all of a sudden, I, when I was doing training with my spiritual coach for weird reason, I start decorating my apartment. I start like twisting, forming. I took photos. Then apartment therapy got interested. Really? And some other people got interested in my apartment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the world, so it just happened. You, the world was telling you what you needed to do. It was pushing me, but pushing me like, no, not like, this it was pushing me like this get out <laughs> pushing get you out of here you know wow. like i was yeah how did you pick guadalajara to go back to because that's not where you're originally from no i picked guadalajara like uh when i was working with with my brother i was traveling a lot to mexico like i was doing to pet expos there were some pet expos here in guadalajara that's so cool there was some in Liverpool uh, and uh, Walmart. And I was taking like the sample, you know, like showing the, the, pro- the proto line of the, 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 from him. And I started getting to know the city. I was like, hmm. if I, I was thinking in myself, I was, if I ever go back to Mexico, I will either live in Mexico City or Guadalajara because I was going, I was visiting those two mm-hmm. main cities. Okay. And then one, and then one of my sessions with my spiritual coach, she goes like, Hey, would you be interested in living in Mexico? And I'm like, no, you know, my parents will say like, if you go to jump the border and if you go to US because you want to have the American dream, that's where you want to stay. You got to And I was like, I will go against what their beliefs are. Like I will like, defeat like me going back leaving my brother he's gonna be by himself when they gave me all this story and i was like but she just said to me like what if because she knew but she wasn't be she, she was trying to be kind you mm-hmm. know for what was going to happen okay so then i was going through 
through a lot of psychological time and so you were thinking I of said, like, you, you were reflecting you were reflecting yeah, on was, next yeah and i said to myself like you know what i need to do something about it like what am i supposed to be i can get a new visa i applied for a green card it didn't go through because they asked me that i need to get a master's degree and i was like hell no and, and a lot of uh, tuition fees and right. uh, I no so I surrendered to the fear and I said like you know what I'm just gonna start from scratch and the city that I'm gonna pick is gonna be Guadalajara because they have they're so here they have good carpenters they have a lot of artisans there is a lot of things where I can like embrace myself mm -hmm. and be creative and also i wanted and, and and also i felt so accessible to me like oh like the city like the the weather the raining and all of that like it needed to fit it needed mm -hmm. to fit perfectly so i just decided to like let's give it a try and see what goes and i have some savings and then uh, I met someone and then she referred me to a client and then this sort of referred me to a client. And I was doing, to be honest, at the beginning, I was just doing like the exterior of the houses, like putting plants and like adding uh, water fountains. And mm -hmm. that, that was like what people were um, calling me for. And then little by little, I start going to interiors and I start meeting more uh, like good craftsmanship people that knows how to make furniture. And then I start creating my own pieces because I have a little bit more time to do that. And to be honest, Danielle, if your intentions are good mm -hmm. and if your purpose is good, everything just comes together. Mm -hmm. Everything is just being put into place. You just have to trust. And basically what I did is just close my eyes and said, F all the, <laughs> all the perception that they have with me. And this is, and if, and if I screw up, fine. You know, no, I did it. I try it, but I don't, don't want to be like, Oh, I, uh, you know, I, sh I should have tried it. I should have, you know, do this. And, 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 um, and when you ask, to be put like because I do this every morning to be placed where I serve the most everything just comes together that's so beautiful. because everyone here that's it that's all I do but you just I, started listening to the signs that's pretty much like god I need a client yeah you have to be open and you have to be vulnerable like how you as a living thing you move through life not just with your senses, but with your energy. And you have to be, you have to acknowledge that mm -hmm. and to trust, to trust that everything that you're doing has a purpose. So basically I surrender to my degree in architecture of studying and paying so much money to my parents of like me staying with my brother of like everything that I accomplished in the U.S. I surrender to that. And I said like, no, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not Eric. Mm -hmm. It helped me to develop and to be a better person, but that's not something that I attached to. And when you, 
And when you put your attachments aside and you just say like, I'm just gonna flow with the energy that it's giving me right now, everything just put into plate. Oh. It's so magical. You have yeah, to trust. It really is. That's the only and everything thing. that you've done, you can tell that that you're where you're supposed to be. Um, all your work and everything is so beautiful, and it's such an expression of of Mexico and of all the things that you've learned, uh, like perfectly done. Um, it's really, really impressive. So, so how long have you been in Guadalajara? I think it's going to be four, four years now. Wow. And you have, four years. And you're settled and you have a lot of work and you, you were basically starting anew with a new career, not just a new, a new aspect of your career, but not working for someone, working for yourself and coming into a, a new city and everything. And four years. Yeah, and because. Accomplished a lot. The challenge. The challenge was like, nobody knows Eric. It's not like I come from a wealthy family that they don't, they know so and so and like they yep. can get you a job right away. And it was just like me and I'm like, what do I have? And I, I, I was thinking like, what do I have? Well, my first intention is like, I need a platform. I need to create, I need to have people to know who I am. But not by knocking on everyone's door and can I decorate your room? Can I decorate your right. living room? No, they need to know my world. Like I start, my, my, pers my approach was I'm going to create my own, my own designs. No, my own projects first to create a language. And so people get to know and see like, mm -hmm. this is, this is, because a lot of you work with a clients, you have a lot of limitations and you do not, you don't fully develop your, your design to its fullest. Right. And that now that I have, background, now that you have a, now that you have something that you can show a portfolio that you can provide is like, okay, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to look for you because of the energy that, that you're giving with the vibe, uh, uh, the design aesthetics, uh, and and what you're capable to do. And for me, it was very important not to be a person who just trying to like hustle for different projects. For me, it was like let me let me embrace my culture first. Let me settle down, get my books together, and then let me show you what I'm capable to do. That was kind of like my 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 strategy. I, well, and I think that's, is that part of what um, Casablanca is? Yeah. Is that why you created it? And that's your office. Yes. But can you talk about it? Because it's so beautiful. Well, Casablanca, Casablanca, it's a magical place. It's been, it's been kind of like my, my temple because it's, it's giving me, all this freedom in every room to to be creative because I can make mistakes here. I can I can pretty much do everything I want. I can put the plants I want. Mm -hmm. I can see which one do they look good together. I can work with like uh, muralists that they're like 
that I don't, I don't want to limit the creativity and I just want to explore and like rethink design and how to came up with a different language and not to be anesthetized by just trends mm-hmm. and more about being fully creative. Mm-hmm. So Casablanca, it's many things. It's, it's, it can be a workshop. It can be a place where they can host a nice dinner. It's my office. Uh, it can be a gallery room for uh, emerging uh, artists um, because I, I like to work because with them because I put myself in, that, in those shoes when you don't have a voice yet and you want to create a platform and you mm-hmm. need someone to like give you how do you integrate my pieces into my into interior design? Because a lot of interior designers, they're, they're, it's not that they discriminate, it's that they don't know how to how to work like with new things. It's right, like, and also like, uh, like saying, clients can be limiting. You can't do everything that you want to do. So by creating Casablanca, you have made a platform that doesn't have limits because you're the one who says yes or or that says no. Yes, a place where I don't have limits, and that's yeah. what I needed. Wow, yes. and it's so beautiful, and that's the reason that we met, actually. Yes, <laughs> it was in Design Hunter, and yes. and on the cover, and it's so beautiful. I'll have to and share. I, I will okay. always gonna be grateful for you helping me to be on the cover of your magazine. Like I remember when you said, and I'm I'm. Uh, I will never gonna forget that because oh. when you come and you start from scratch and no one no one knows you and someone believes in you and see you work and it's like oh just by that just by believing for me it's like thank you for believing me you know it's oh, I so important your message after that and and that I had told you that uh, I had seen various pictures and I was like no 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 it's that one. Is definitely this one. And that was honestly, I think, the cover that has had the most reaction and the most, um, you know, and obviously I'm not, um, David is the final decision maker when it comes to that, but he tends to show me ever since we've been together all, all the covers. And I always say which one I like the best. But that one I felt was just so vibrant and full of life and just a little bit different than what everyone else is doing, you know? it had like a soul right. and you can feel it and everyone is honestly it's been like the fav- the the most favorite cover of any of them Thanks. yeah <laughs> i love it it's really so beautiful and i wish that people could be looking at it right now like as we are talking so they can see it but i'll try to tell the story with visuals on, on instagram and they can go and, and check out all of your stuff but um and, and it's yeah, just that, that cover brings me, brought me a lot of doors. It just helped me to put myself in a platform with people because here in Mexico, if you don't, there's a lot of bluff. There's about like uh, who you are, where you've been, uh, what kind of magazines your work is being exposure to. And to mm-hmm. me, to have that capability and and to trust basically because I was going against against everything was happening in Mexico, like all the neutrals, all the minimalists, all these different like uh, endemic, you know, motifs and all well, of that. Not, uh, something that I can say, you know, I 
what I do touches a lot on, on design and, and everything. And I'm obviously immersed in the world, but something, and I hope I'm not interrupting, <laughs> but I just think when someone embraces no. this culture and, and really, and it's something also that the does, and that's the concept of the magazine is to, to have a combination of more modern brands from other countries and from the U S and from Europe. But I think what you're what you do by really really embracing the mexican culture and creating a platform and a showcase for everything that they do whereas other designers are ordering things to be shipped in from the us and that's what people a lot of people want and that's what they see as as beautiful uh, it's very and as being an american immersed in this culture where i am just floored by so many of the artisans and the art and and all of that stuff but then that Mexicans are embracing like Ferragamo and, and like, uh, like name brands that, that makes them feel prestigious. It's, it's just really interesting if you're Mexican and you're welcoming and, and making that so beautiful and seen is really special. I think it's, I think it's super special and, and I think it's, it's, colorful and I think it's very modern and I think it's 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 cool combinations like unexpected of the things that you're doing and it's really cool like, yeah, you know, it's, like it's, guy, it's wide outside and then you go in and it's like this explosion <laughs> of of everything and you're you don't just do one part of that you then you're you're piling uh, not piling you're layering all the different elements together and it's not too much. It's like, it works. And that's You know what was my biggest inspiration? When I go to, this, to the Los Mercados mm -hmm. and when I go to the Abarrotes, when you mm -hmm. see the display of their products, there is not like a logical like arrangement. Abarrotes are like, the, like a convenience store or like a... A oh. little mini grocery store. Maybe everybody doesn't know what that is. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, so for me, it's really interesting because there is just intuition. There is not like a technical perspective of like the soap needs to be here. No, there's no merchant. There's no merchandising plan. <laughs> and when I see all this fusion of colors and form and textures, for me, it's like if they can do it. How can I bring that into a space where like the pieces, they have a story, they have a soul, but they communicate with each other. They're not fighting to each other. Because right. when you're in a table and everybody has a different profession, that doesn't mean that the engineer or the architect or the attorney, uh, uh, they come from different backgrounds, but they have a similar conversation and they're eating the same food and they get along. And for me, when I approach design in that perspective with the, with the accessories that I'm putting, the, the furniture pieces, they can get along. It's just a matter of how to place them. Yeah, curating them. Curating them. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think you do a really good job at that. And it's, it's definitely really dynamic because you're not just curating, like you said, a bunch of beige elements. <laughs> <laughs> At all. And instead of competing, which they could be, that's what I was trying to describe when I said you're layering them in this way, that they're not fighting with each other. They're in a harmonious way, but the, everything is very full of life. 
So it's it's a really unique perspective, and I think it's really beautiful. I like it so much. I think Thank it's you. really amazing. So that brings me to my next question. So, and and after you've described this evolution and deciding to go into the field of interior design versus architecture and, and product development, um, do you feel, how do you feel that uh, you doing it in Mexico, which obviously is where you're supposed to be, you can just tell because you're thriving, right? And you feel really good and you can see that you're thriving. You can feel that you're thriving. Thriving. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> But how do you think that would compare if had you decided to stay in L.A. and do that there? Do you feel, how do you feel that, that, that those two places for working in this creative field and how much you're, you're affiliated with these artisans and, and the whole scope of Mexican art and furniture and everything like that how do you how do you feel like that compares and do you feel like the organization of working is is a lot different <laughs> i know you're smiling because it's very different but how do you how do you feel about that like working in the u.s as opposed to working in mexico and well i think um you know working in the u.s there is a system mm -hmm. there is a system there is a contract there is uh there is order there is order on the there is work ethic even when you're driving there's order yes. <laughs> there's signals there's that lanes. you <laughs> <laughs> no, they do have lanes in the in the streets here but not always <laughs> so so it was as as matter as a matter of being practical and productive i think it, it would be easier It'll, it'll be easier because I was, I was capable to know where the, all the stores are. Like I needed to pretty much purchase everything rather than create it. Right. And in Mexico, it put me in a very uncomfortable platform where it's like, okay, you're used to this order. Now let's taste a little bit of this order. <laughs> let's, right. let's see. How do you, how do you make things happen? How do you, It was a matter of me of putting myself in a very uncomfortable situation just to just to like crack even more the code of what I was capable to do. So the, wow. difference, the difference for me, it was like me staying in LA, it was going to be a comfort zone because after so many years, you know how to get by, you know how to get things and like how to purchase stuff and like you don't need to design the, the kitchen pretty much because there is so much competition where you can go even to Ikea and like they could get it done for you in a very affordable place. And, mm -hmm. you know, it will be, it was going to be a little bit faster, you know, mm -hmm. more faster. But here, coming to a more like uh, even deeper, even deeper of like how things are made and how people make things here from scratch, and how, how passionate they are. Because uh, when I start working with artisans, and like their way, it's not like they're rushing. They don't have a necessity to rush. They they're not rushing. Have, they don't have a system, uh, 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 they're like, oh, I gotta get this in two weeks. No. It was a way of enjoying every, like allowing myself to learn 
about the basics of design, but then letting things go, like letting, letting the rush go by a little bit because honestly, when I was in LA, it was so much fun, but it was so much, I was getting a lot of anxiety because everything, it was moving too fast. It was, it was quickly, it was quickly, but I, I got used to it. And I got used to it to the rhythm of being and drinking three cups of coffee just to keep me going because I needed to yeah. keep in that, in that pace. And here, it took me the time to say, like, to, to honor my patient because I didn't know I had that quality of being patient with working with people that they don't show up one day or they just come with lies and say, like, oh, yeah, you know, um, um, I have a headache and I couldn't finish your table so it's gonna take one more more month mm. it was like it was a little bit challenge but it was also challenging to myself of like mm. how to work in a very like non-fast and more connected with the pieces and also it gets me it, it of people to help me manifest my creations. And I think over there, it was going to be a little bit more pricey to create even something like this or a cooking right. or, or a chair. And to here, it was more flexible. There was more resources for me to play with. Do you feel like, how do you react when, and, and, and maybe you're at this point, have your vendors so established that these things don't happen. But I've had the experience, and this is actually glasses that are made in Guadalajara, but I order them from uh, somewhere that's here. They have their office here or their little store. And it's the most beautiful hand-blown glass, and they make it in Guadalajara. And I really want to visit their factory whenever I visit you. Yeah, definitely. Um, but... I ordered, uh, I ordered a bunch of glassware. Um, actually, this is this glass right here it's is beautiful. one of. It's yeah, beautiful. I ordered it all in blue, <laughs> and as you can see, this is not blue. <laughs> but <laughs> I ordered um, a whole bunch of them, and it was fine because part of the Mexican aesthetic is colorful, is different. Everything is unique. It's handmade, so not every piece is exactly the same. But they sent. Uh, maybe like a third of it was all blue, but some of them were taller than other ones. Some of them were smaller. And then half of them were this clear iridescent that it actually ended up being everyone's favorite. So it was fine, but it was a very, very high end event with like Pujol and Bloomberg, the, you know, who's now, you know, running to be president of the United States. So everything is very buttoned up. And if you put something in a proposal, you're they're expecting to see what's in the proposal and it was one of the first events that I had done here in Mexico City and I almost had like a heart attack but it sounds like you're maybe a bit more tolerant um but for me that was like really and imagine that wasn't a super super expensive purchase but if you order something and then it comes and it's not the way that you ordered it. How, how do you, does that happen to you? And how do you handle that? Anytime. 
many, 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 many times. Many, okay. many, many times. <laughs> Just making sure because you sound no. like. Though that's very common here. That's right. very common because um, uh, you end up learning how to work with accidents, mm -hmm. how to integrate, how to change the concept, how to how to create how to create beauty from the mistakes. Right. And are your clients conscious of that? Are they okay with it? The majority they are. The majority they're like, oh. Uh, I like it better. Like I was, I had these expectations, but by me having that accident of, of not me, by whatever situation happened, I don't, I give the benefit of the doubt to even show it and see what is their reaction. And if I see like, no, I don't like it. I want it. That's right. not a problem. Uh -huh. You know, that's part of me being a mediator or being a designer. But then sometimes they like even better when they, they flip their minds and, and they, they get something different, what they were like expecting. Um, and it happens a lot. And especially because I think it's not, there is a work ethic here that is very loosey goosey, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, Oh, it's not, it's fine. Just let's just send it to them. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's just a glass. It's just no, but it's not just a glass, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's your reputation. It's your, yeah. you know, uh, you as a designer, this is what you're providing. But at the same time, that's when you start learning, like, which people you are capable to work with or, like, yeah. how much involvement you need to be in yeah. the factory before everything is being delivered. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I learned because me living in the U.S., I was like, you know, here are the spec drawings. This is what I want. This is the wellness. And I will and come up with something. Like I was like, oh, you didn't follow my drawings. And then like, oh, I thought, and they, they think they're designers. Some of them, they think they're designers and they put their own seeds and like, oh no, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to impress her and I'm going to give her this extra punch and maybe she might like it. No, but uh, yeah, it's, it's different. That's, I have a really good example and I'm sure you've experienced something like this. It was, I was just like, really? <laughs> it was so funny. And now I look at it and I think it's so adorable. It's really cute, but it really, at the time I was like, give me a break. Uh, we were doing a photo shoot and I asked uh, there, we were in a house and they had like a wait staff there or whatever. And um, I was like, can you please uh, slice this watermelon? so that we can put it on the table for, like I was styling the table. The, and, 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 you know, I was thinking, you know, they're gonna cut the watermelon in half, they're gonna cut it in half again and do watermelon slices, like an American watermelon slice was in my head. This is a long time ago, by the way, so I didn't know how specific I needed to be. They literally took <laughs> the watermelon and they carved it, it looked like a, I wish I had a picture. It would look like a Chinese dragon, like it was <laughs> carved and engraved and had the things sticking out of it. And it was so beautiful, but it was not what I wanted. And it was not going to be on the table for this photo shoot. And I was like, and it took them like 45 minutes an hour to do it. And they really thought that they were doing something better and more premium. Special. Yeah. And it was special, but it was not what I asked for. And just from like experiences of that, I was like, oh my God. And there wasn't another watermelon. So I was like, okay. Yeah, you have to be very specific. Yeah. Like now That's me, cool. what I learned is like, even though I give the construction documents or like the spec drawings or whatever I'm designing, 
I end up visiting their, their, their you know, their shops or, and, and, and see exactly what they're doing, what kind of finish are they using, and just to, to be involved. Because sometimes um, they, it, it's like it gets miscommunicated when there's so much people involved or when they're having their lunch break and they, they mix things with another one and it's very like, yeah. is going and they came out with their own twist. So for me, it's better to be, you have to be a little bit more like coaching them. When you, you're not supposed to because there are some, like there are some companies that they are um, very professional. More, yeah. more professional. Yeah. Obviously it's more expensive, but then with the budget of the client, you need to decide. Right. right. That's interesting that you said in the lunch break, they start talking or whatever, because that's something else I've noticed uh, compared to the U.S. that um, in the U.S., I would be assigned to be a project manager on my event. I'm doing the proposal. I'm planning everything with the chef. I'm placing the orders. I'm booking the staff and I'm showing up at the event. I'm setting up the event. I'm, I'm managing the event and then I'm shutting down the event. But I would, I now use my own chefs because I couldn't ever find catering uh, that worked for me because even in the most professional companies here, they don't assign the same project manager to, to your, they're always switching around. So they have multiple people handling your account and then they send someone that they call the captain that manages it and it's not the person that did your proposal it's not the person that was at your tasting it's not the person that handled all the charges and discussed all the comments with you so there's this huge disconnect in the way that things are structured sometimes that i as an american i'm like but it would be so easy you're my person and i do everything with you and you know everything that i'm saying and there's not going to be mistakes that way right. or minimal mistakes yeah because it's a lot of um the chain of command and the it's just a lot but i would see so many mistakes being made and people not knowing what it was that i asked for and i'm so ultra specific so it's interesting to hear your perspective on it that sometimes you embrace that and i have learned to embrace it like the the story with the glasses i i put both glasses and i mixed them up and it was fun and it was totally fine because it was a modern setting with mexican accents and so it totally works I did only use a glass of height. They don't even notice. Sometimes don't even notice. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful like, glass. But, that's, but you give it a try. You give it a try. You say, like, I'm going to give it a exactly. try and see if it works, works. And if it doesn't, so. Well, then they would just have to, like, wash glasses or something during the event. And I try to get away. If the budget allows, I don't like to do that. Right. But, like, it was. it's just interesting to see that, you know, if you order this color and that size, that color, that size, you're going to get it if you ordered it from somewhere in the U.S. They probably won't make that mistake, but it literally came in like all different shapes and sizes and they were all beautiful, but they were not what I ordered. And then I was like, it's okay. I'll buy some of these for me, but can you get <laughs> They had to go into their stock and then pull other ones that were the same size and they're so nice and I still work with them today and I love them and they're so they're very caring and it's a family business so mm -hmm. that's another advantage I guess to working with Mexican vendors that you can be like hi do you think that you have this I mean would you mind if we check if there is a mistake they can more easily rectify it because there's not it's not extremely corporate and big exactly it's so, easy like it's easy access 
easy, well, it's easy communication, but sometimes the easy communication doesn't get well uh, processed, but it's really right. more organic. It's more organic, yeah. the interaction from the designers to the manufacturers. So that's something that I really yeah. enjoy doing. And I find myself wanting to support more companies like that and using things that are that are more artisanal whenever I can. It's hard in, in what I do, but I think I think using those elements whenever you can also makes things more unique and more diverse. Instead of just using a boring regular glass, I'm having someone make it and they make it for less than what I can rent it for, which is unbelievable. It's just not fair. Yeah. That's like a whole other thing yeah. about the way that, that Mexican vendors price their elements. Some of them know how much it should be priced for and some of them don't oh. price it correctly. And, and it's very interesting, that whole dynamic. So it's really cool that you support mm -hmm. so much of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I see, I, when I, when I saw the menu, all these different techniques and all these different cultures with radicas, uh, the people from Oaxaca, like everybody has their own techniques, their own usage of materials. Mm -hmm. And, and I saw like, Oh my God, this is like when you're taking a kid to a candy land and no. one everything. And I was like, why, why they don't use it? why it doesn't have the value and the respect that is needed. Maybe we need to change the perspective of the users so the people get a little bit more interest, right? Right. And that's, that's what I start, you know, exploring, creating, working directly with them. Um, and some, some of them, they, they go out of the comfort zone because they already have a system, they already have a, a way of creating things, but mm -hmm. when you're so humble and you're inviting them to your world, they're they're able to listen. They're able to 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 interact and create something. You know, like mm -hmm. they're really cool people. <laughs> I really like working with them. Oh, nice. It takes forever to make things, but yeah. I really like working but with it's them. nice that you enjoy the process and and know how valuable it is, rather than. You know, all right, all right, come on. I just want whatever yeah. the fastest thing. It yeah. has a lot more, like, it has a lot more meaning. The spaces that people are living in and the dishes that they're using and the art that they see when they wake up in the morning. And that really makes it impactful. Spaces, mm -hmm. we are our spaces. I truly believe that. And so I really admire uh diverse elements and things that are meaningful um as opposed to just putting something there mm -hmm. not so i've you, never been that connecting things that are going to help you look look better feel better i mean your house is your own sanctuary i mean you should be able to like um make it make it really harmonious to live there like mm -hmm. even though by just changing the pillows you don't need to change the entire house, but just like moving energy constantly. Mm -hmm. That's what totally. I do. That's what I encourage to my clients when they come and it's like, I don't want to spend a lot of money. I don't want to say, okay, let's start with this. And then you let's see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Let's change the flower base. Let's change the coffee table. And just by doing those tweaks, they get so excited. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, let's do the entire 
they go so excited because they know the magic that comes with when you're moving energy in your space. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you feel a different ambience. And that's what we feel refreshed. Yeah. You feel refreshed. You feel invigorated. Uh, I remember, I think part of the reason I have that when I was little, my mom and I would, I don't know where I would be because I was really small, but I remember coming home and my mom had rearranged my bedroom. She would do this all the time, rearrange it, reorganize it. She would style it and move the books around and move my dollhouse here and put the doll, you know, whatever, my stuffed animals over here and move around my little table with my vanity stand. And I remember coming into the space as a really little girl, like very small and being like, I love being in this space. And she has the talent of making a space beautiful with high, with low, with objects, with expensive or not expensive. She's also really good at finding deals, which is something that's more difficult in Mexico for me. The certain things when you're so specific, they're more expensive sometimes here to have right. and whatever. But um, I, I think that makes everything so much more interesting. And more special because mm -hmm. you come and, and it's like, imagine if I give you the same food for a whole week. You're going right. to get bored. You're going to see like spaghetti again. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying like, yeah. you know, but when you change and like, even for women, like I'm just going to dye my hair, you know, this, I'm just going to put an eyeliner here. And there's always this search of movement changing because yeah. energy and we need to vibrate. We need to like yeah. flow. So Send out a good vibe. space needs to do that for us. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And it must be very cool uh, when you're working with people because you're so passionate about all those different details. So it must make Sometimes it Sometimes I think fun. I'm crazy. That's why I'm dying to do a project with you because I think we would just have a ball. So <laughs> yeah. you know when, the, when everything's over, the pandemic, yeah. and we can plan some really special stuff. I'm like so Let's excited. do a nice dinner, dinner table. Yeah. Like crazy Willy Wonka meets Dali with uh, Frida Kahlo. I don't know. I'm just yeah. Well, you know, I wanna. I'm gonna find out how we we can talk to Pedro Friedberg because I'm dying to do something with him. Dali. And I don't know if he'll talk to me, but wow. uh, I will use all my my sneaky ways to see how I can find him and I have no problem being like hola in my not perfect Spanish when finding him because I find him so inspiring we have some of his pieces in our house and I mean yeah, he's, he's very inspiring he's wow very, how cool. his work I was like who is this guy I need to meet him no exactly I've wanted to meet him since I got to Mexico and uh, I haven't and I really want to, and I, I feel like he would be, oh, how cool. I don't know where he lives, so we might need to pick someone local to uh, Guadalajara, or we just come up our with our own. I'm not 100% sure. I heard, so because I went to his Where? Wait, it went out. Say it again. I went to his showroom in San Miguel de Allende. And uh, you live there, I think he lives there. I'm not oh. sure. Oh, I love San Miguel. I haven't been to his showroom there. 
I have to put it on my list. Yeah. My never ending list. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this has been so good. Uh, and we haven't talked really that much about Guadalajara. Tell me three things you love about Guadalajara. What are your three favorite things? The weather, the food, and the people. The people is nice. They're very chill. They're, they're, they're very nice. Where, where do you like to go? Like what is like non-quarantine, pre-quarantine, what is your favorite like Saturday, Sunday? Like what, what would you do? Me, I'm more of a mountain person. So I, I like to go to Tapalpa. I like to like smell uh, the pine tree and like see, um, it's an area, it's called a, a magical, like Pueblo Magico. Uh-huh. And, um, Tapalpa. Yeah, Tapalpa. Is that and close to Guadalajara? Yeah, it's like an hour. Okay. It's, it's not that far. And, and they have really nice cabins. And um, it's just been you surrounded with nature. Oh, uh, you can go and stay there? Yeah, you can stay there. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I can give you the link of a nice hotel there that is uh, it's called Hotel San Bernardo. That uh -huh. is... Uh, Really, really, really nice, and uh, and the food is great. Uh, it's completely isolated from all the noise, from all that craziness. Wow. Everything is so close, so it's not like you need to drive like in order to go to a uh, you know to have dinner. Or you can eat tamales nearby the cathedral, and they're really good. Um, it's nice. It's nice. I like it. Tota palpa. Tota palpa. All right, I gotta look into that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the last thing I want to ask you about is your doggies. Did you move there with your dogs? Or no. Are they, are they from Mexico? Yeah, they're from Mexico. Like one of uh, the first one, uh, my first dog, uh, her name is Susie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a mix with Jorky uh, with Pomeranian. Yeah, she's and, so uh, She was living with my mom, but then uh, uh, a sister, she gave it to me when I was living in L.A., but I couldn't take it because the landlord said that I was not allowed to have any dogs. So I left her with my mom mm. and she stayed with my mom for like four to five years. And then when I decided to go back to Mexico, uh, so I told my mom like, uh, can I have my dog back? <laughs> so she's like, sure, because she has like six dogs. Like my mom is a dog lover. She has like chihuahuas, pomeranians, uh, uh, salchichas. Oh, all, all the little guys. All the little guys. Well, your family loves dogs in general. Yeah. You guys are a dog lover family. My dad is a dog lover, but he likes birds the most. Like he loves waking up in the morning and go to the uh, feed the birds and like take care of them. And like he's always like talking to them. I mean, we're, like, we're very nature. We don't show affection among us. But we do show affection with animals. Like, we go crazy. <laughs> so cute. No, I know. Just I've seen your dogs so much on Instagram. Obviously, I haven't been there to meet them. Uh, but they're so cute. They're adorable. Who's Okay, what's the other one's name? And the other one is a Pomeranian. His name is Pablo Picasso because I'm a big fan of Pablo Picasso. And, uh, so cute. And I decided to name, before he was going to be born, like, I was like, my next dog, because I always wanted to have a, a white dog. And, and I said, my next dog is going to be white. I don't know what breed, but it's going to be white. Okay. And then, all of a sudden, 
I saw this beautiful white Pomeranian, so tiny, and I was like, hmm. That's Pablo Picasso? That's Pablo Picasso. And that's kind of like the, uh, you know, he provides me. Susie too, but Susie's more like, he like, she likes to be on her own space. Okay. And, and then Pablo is more engaging. Like he likes to play a lot. He wakes me up in the morning. And like he, when he wants to go to the bathroom, he's like scratching and until I get up and take him outside. He's more demanding and he's like, um, he's more close, you know, like, Aww. because I guess I got him since he was a little. A little boy. A little boy. So yeah, those are my two kids. So cute. Look, I have my, my she's so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> she's a cutie. You would love her. She's she's enjoying the quarantine. Just chilling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a princess. <laughs> the princess. Yeah. Well, thank you so so much for no, this. thank you. Where thank can you. Where can everybody find you? Like, where do you want them to look up all your beautiful work and tell us? They can find me on Instagram at Eric Milan Design, mm -hmm. or they can look it up my work on my website, ericmilan.com. Those oh. are the two main ones. Perfect. Yes. Oh, well, I can't wait to get together with you and see you. Thank you so, so much. It's going to happen. Yeah. I, I'm a very sensitive person, and I know it's going to happen pretty soon. We're going to do something really cool. Yes. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to track down Pedro Federberg. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to come and visit Tana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she will yeah. be happy. I love cool. her. She's the best. Yeah, she's really nice. Yeah. Very nice. She's so nice. All right, Eric. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for being patient with my rescheduling and the and the quarantine way of recording. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. You know, it happened. It, it needed to go through certain things, but yeah. we're here. And we'll have a, a Después Cuarentina Episodio. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great one and take care. You too. Big kiss, big hug, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, besitos. Blonde in Mexico. You're listening to the podcast, podcast. Blonde in Mexico with Danielle Keel. Okay, guys, so my tip for today isn't necessarily specific to Mexico, but it's specific to people in general, and I think it it's really helpful to share this. Um, as I I have been on a little journey of, of self-care, which is so important, especially when your schedule is changing a lot and you do travel a lot or you move to another country and everything changes for you. Um, I have met and, and this wonderful woman came into my life. Her name is Anel and she's a healer. Uh, she says that she is like a like a cosmetic masseuse basically she can do all kinds of treatments to give you uh, massages that kind of mold your body i mean it's really incredible this concept that she has but she's been giving me lymphatic drainage massages and helping helping me 
drain my body of toxins and helping a lot with uh, the inflammation problem I've had for the last like five or six years. And it's changing my life. And as I've mentioned it to some girlfriends and other people that I know, most of them have the same kind of problems where they're having inflammation or they have um, a small autoimmune disorder or they they have um, problems with their digestion. And all I can say is that working with her is the best thing that I could have possibly done for myself. And I can't recommend more, especially in a time like this, doing things to help yourself um, and care for yourself and put yourself first. Uh, if you're going to move to another country, it can be really overwhelming. And if you're going through changes in your life or you have tons of work or you have a new baby or a new relationship or, or anything, you just need to remember to put yourself first and really, really take care of yourself because the, the minute that you lose that, you lose yourself. And this woman is amazing, 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 amazing. Has made me so much more aware of what's going on in my body, has helped me lose so much inflammation, has given me little tips. Um, one a specific one that I'm gonna share today, which helps me a lot, uh, is, is part of my daily routine, is a tea. That's helping my stomach like never before. It is amazing. So this tea, basically, it's super simple. You take uh, aloe, edible aloe. Um, here, you can buy the plants and the vendors know if it's edible or not. I didn't realize there were two kinds. But um, apparently, there's edible and not edible. So make sure you get the edible aloe. And you can get it in big, big leaves or you can get a little plant. So either one is fine. If you get the big, big leaves, the way that you process it and make it ready for your tea is that you kind of, uh, do you, you cut it in half or you can use a, a vegetable peeler and go up the sides and trim it. And then you cut it in half and you put it face down in a little Tupperware of water and put it in the fridge. The next day, it'll be ready and some of this brown liquid will have come out and you just scoop out. I would say like two or three tablespoons and put it in a little teapot or wherever you're going to make your tea. And then you do about, you, you prepare about a liter of boiling water and you pour that in with a really high quality honey. There's a honey that I've been using here that's um, with um, chamomile flowers. It's so delicious. It's like an opaque yellow color, but the, the most important thing, it's just not like your regular sugar honey bear. It needs to be like an organic or high, high quality um, natural honey. And then the juice of one large lemon or a bunch of little limes. I think that the lemons taste better, but you can't always have them. So it's fresh aloe, lemon, and honey, that's it. And about a liter of water and drink this first thing in the morning when you wake up and it will change your entire day. More than anything, um, I think that setting aside this special time in your morning can really just be a huge piece of nurturing yourself. The fact that you've made, it takes like a little bit to drink this tea. So I, you, you need to give yourself like 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes to drink it. 
and it's like two to three cups it comes out to. Putting aside that time and nurturing yourself in the morning, it just sets the tone for the rest of your day. So that's one super tip. I'll follow up and share some more tips that she's giving me, but basically just love yourself. Make sure you don't forget self-care, especially during this pandemic. It's so important and now we actually have more time, so there's zero excuse. Take that bath, do your stretches, put yourself first, say no to a meeting, do whatever you gotta do and it will make you a more fulfilled, full, more generous person. I mean, you gotta take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. All right, so that is my tip for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Blonde in Mexico. Send me some comments if you want this this tea recipe. I'll go ahead and, and, and put it up there because it's incredible changing my life and uh, you can find me subscribe rate review share please uh, on iTunes Spotify and pasajerofm.com besitos gracias Blonde in Mexico podcast your authentic resource for everything Mexican Blonde in Mexico with Danielle Keel Abre tu mundo. Podcast. Encuentra. Consulta. Más contenidos de tu interés en pasajerofm.com.